0: Daniel, we're here.
1: Hello, Adam. How are you? Good. How are you? You know who's not here? The Varsity Blues.
0: No, they're not. Oh, wait. Well, but no, but they're they're not here in, in the Zoom call, but they are no. playing today, aren't they? And that's why Alex is not here. Company man, yes. top man.
1: U-sports playoffs.
0: Man, yeah. Is it better than the CHL? Uh, I'll let you decide. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, ratio on Twitter. Anyway, uh, Daniel, the NHL Tread Deadline... Has Pat trade trade deadline has passed. The deadline day itself was very quiet and goes headlined by uh Jordan Greenway. Mm-hmm. Besides that, though, the week leading up was probably one of the best periods of trades we've ever seen.
1: Yeah. Um I still am loving all of the comparisons when everyone said all of the GMs decided to play NHL 23 before heading into negotiations because the trades were coming in like crazy.
0: It was uh, it was enjoyable. You gotta wonder if there's a, starting to be a shift in what they value with first round picks, or at least I hope so.
1: The NBA mentality,
0: uh, man, why not? It'd be bonkers. I mean, the value is obviously very different, but you know, I think that'd be that'd be fun. So it's gonna basically be all trade stuff today, um, and then you know we'll get back to our regularly scheduled programs Wednesday, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, though, Daniel, trade deadline. We're going to go through our winners and our losers first. Now, I did ask, ask Alex to text me his, but I'm going to ask you for yours first in case you overlap because he sent me a few um, just in case. Well, he, he had a difficult time narrowing them down. So first off, we'll start with the winners and be positive here. Who is your one winner of the NHL trade
1: deadline? Oh, um, It's a tough one, but I'm going to say New York. Rangers. Assuming,
0: okay, good, good, good. The
1: New York Rangers. Because yeah. I think they added the guys they were targeting. They already had a great team in place that made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, you know, a a bit of you know, Igor Shusterkin not being the dominant guy on a recent stretch, but they were confident with what they had and they added the right guys. So I think they're the winners.
0: Uh, I think that's very fair. Uh, I'll pick one. Well, Alex had two, and you basically went out there and said that – you said one of his, but you did have the Rangers. He also put Boston, and he said they added another top 40 to already one of the stronger Ds in the league, adding freaking Tyler Petruzzi, very good to say, and the perfect bottom six Brewing and Darnett Hathaway. When that team is healthy, it will be extremely hard to beat. Also, we should probably mention the extent David Act to a $90 million deal in eight years. Uh, Makes him one of the highest paid players in the league. Um, that's Alex's point of view. You have yours, my winner. I listed some extras just in case. You guys did sort of take the top two, but I will say this. I do very much like the fact that New Jersey went out and got the best player available without giving up a top prospect. So they're an honorable mention here. Because my top team at this deadline is a seller, and that is the Nashville Predators. Tanner Genoa, great return. Matias Eckholm, great return. Um, maybe criticize the fact that it looks like one of their retaining slots is only 4% for Eckholm, because it sounds like a lot of has been said about retention slots last week. Yeah. So maybe that's bigger going forward, but the return was great. Not giving up any, sorry, no. Uh, not retaining any salary in the Granlin deal. Um, you know, I, what I really like is they're building up draft capital, and um, again, right now, as we mentioned last week, uh, David Poy was clearing the deck for Barry Trots coming in, and it's a very clean sort of way. They do re sign Dante Fabro. Uh, I wonder maybe they didn't love the interest that was out there because Merrick did say on Saturday before the deadline that he was gonna be moved. But I overall, I really like from a seller's point of view what Nashville did at this deadline, but so they were yeah. really,
1: really good. I could see that too. Um, you know, it, it's, we said it was inevitable that they had to do this. Um, They couldn't extend the window any further. And I like that they are able to finally say it's not working out with these contracts. It's not working out of just squeezing in and hoping for something of a semblance of doing well in the first round. So good on them. And the fact that they're able to kind of... Okay, this was the one thing I really did like with them bringing back Bray Trotz is that... Usually when it comes to rebuilds, you'll have new management come in, a new leader come in and try to translate to like, this is what we're trying to build to the fan base. And it doesn't always work like mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, And I'm thinking now you bring in a familiar guy that I think the fan base can trust to say, okay, you know, Barry, we understand your vision. We understand you're just not going to like rip it all apart and just hope for high draft picks, we know what you're doing.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Daniel, your biggest loser of the deadline.
1: I'm gonna say it is the ducks. And <laughs> <Really? laughs> it's funny to say that because they're a team that they still have a lot of contracts. Um I just don't think they read the market very well. I don't think they took a loss on anything. It just they didn't take advantage of what they had and what they could have done. I think that they held on too long to John Klingberg. Um, I think that Dmitry Kulikov, one, you get a draft pick out of it, but doesn't really move anything. Um you you didn't ask your high-priced guys that have have retained a lot more value this year mm-hmm. to think about, you know, waiving your no-trade clause. So I'm thinking of an Adam Henrique, a Jakob Silverberg. These guys kind of rebuilt their value in some sense and you didn't explore the market for that mm-hmm. i know henry got injured the day after the deadline
0: yeah so and i wonder if the nhl's note about you know maybe here you know, being careful about trading possibly injured players at one point because obviously he was one of the names mentioned that could have been a problem um but it's mentioned you it's funny you mentioned Henrik too. Because I really thought Colorado were going to go out and maybe get him if Monahan didn't work out, which obviously we know that. They didn't do any of that. They got Lars Eller. Um, I'll go to Alex's losers first. I have um, I have five losers on mine. So wow. okay. <laughs> uh, we, we have options. So Alex said Carolina and San Jose. For Carolina, said made some good moves in Jesse Bully Harvey and Shane Gossesbear bear. Uh, he doesn't think that they got the pure score they needed with Pacioretty going down. Maybe it's not quote their year that could be valid. Um, I still don't think they had a great deadline from them, though. He did say before the bully arby trade or after when the bully arby trade happened that he he needed to do more. So I agree with Alex there. And then he said San Jose coding uh didn't like not getting a top prospect and the overall return for Timo Meyer. Um, we knew Carlson wasn't gonna get dealt, um, or was gonna be hard for him to get dealt, but he felt overall they had an uneventful deadline, which um I actually very much agree with. Okay. I had a hard time saying my distinct overall loser because I think there are some pretty bad ones. Like you could say, well, I did have Carolina, but like you get to take that out now. You could say it's Vancouver because they're very strange, and we will get to them. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. <laughs> I'm just trying to remember. Did I say the um the chronic trade? I'm going to write it down quickly so I remember that we get to it. But the Chronic trade happened right now. You, you, you also had it already there, yeah. Yeah, okay, I did. Okay. Um. Then you could say obviously, obviously Arizona because they're not paying people to play for them, uh, which is very embarrassing. You could say Pittsburgh because.
1: Yeah, uh, I will we, we, more...
0: we will get yeah. to Pittsburgh. We will get to Pittsburgh. However, my biggest loser of this trade deadline it's Colorado. So. We know that the one thing that has really been a sore spot in Colorado this year has been, besides the injuries, has been that second line center position where they didn't—they no longer have Nazem Kadri, and they went out and got Lars Eller. Now you know I love Lars Eller, love mm. him, love
1: him, love him. Have yep, his jersey.
0: I do. He, I, I, he was my first Habs jersey when you know with the name on. Obviously, growing up, I had other ones, but they were blank. My first Habs jersey with a name was Lars Eller '81. Love him. Him and Lekkinen on in the same team is just like the, one of them is going to score a cup winning goal. I'll be wrong, but this is the, my 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 thing is just the two the the, the the Scandinavians in my heart. I love them. Now, no offense to Lars Eller, but that is not Nazem Kadri. Um, offensively too, Lars Eller has been uh how do i say it non-factor almost this year for washington i like, think what was the second in like 2025 or something yeah um i, I just i think everyone before the deadline looked at colorado There's still a bit of they're the cup champs you respect them no one wants to play that core but i have a hard time seeing them with the addition of Lars Eller. no offense and hey jack johnson's back boys here we go sound the the the, the, the siren here i just don't think they did enough to get back to Contender status. I, I don't think they're anywhere. I don't think they're a favorite in the West anymore. Like again, that core will get you far. I just don't think if they can get out the West, like you don't have. Like I just I don't see them being able to get past now Edmonton, Vegas. Maybe it just I don't know how that heading is going to look, but I just don't see them beating a Boston. I don't see them beating a Toronto, even Carolina. Um, I don't think the Abs did enough to get back to championship status.
1: Yeah, I think it's funny that you brought up Lars Eller of not filling his role. Because I remember, well, this is before I met you, but this was a conversation I did have when I was watching the 2016 draft, and he was traded. Um, Saddest when, day of my life. <laughs> and everyone was talking about, will he finally fulfill that potential Montreal's been talking about of being a second-line center? And then we have this conversation years later of, okay, where is he going to fit in? He's not an Asim Kadri he played his role as it is, and I don't think you could expect much more with him. Um, maybe Joe Sakic is thinking of this as what we talked about with Carolina. This is not their year, it's maybe a reset year. Um, wait for the core guys to come back 100%, and then we'll add later on. Maybe this is just another deal to show that you know we're still competitive, but not necessarily gonna. Empty out the coffers like we did before, or go out and get the big guy because he. Not that he's conf, He's not confident with the team. It just he just understands its limitations with the injuries.
0: Um. No. Don't, don't forget, it's not just him. It is uh, it's a Chris McFarlane Okay is gm now everyone yeah, yeah. forgets that but yeah it, it, it's like the raptors obviously... thing
1: like masai not the gm it's he's the president
0: exactly but we, yeah. we know there's obviously big say like yeah but you know just just uh just a little yeah. reminder for everyone that uh, it's mcfarlane is gm but obviously joe sacking is still gonna have uh say like obviously when he was gm i'm sure mcfarlane had a lot of say then um you know it's, a, it's that's what you do nowadays you have a team you have a team I want to talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins now, uh, Daniel. Okay, you know that I will never count out Sidney Crosby, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Just the rest of the guys, we would.
0: I am now going to count out the rest of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, here's the problem I have here, Daniel, is last offseason, you and I were in Montreal for the draft. In fact, you and I were in the line to get into Schwartz, getting our smoked mm. meat, when it was announced at the Pittsburgh Penguins, ha- do you remember what the announcement was? Um it was a it was a re-sign.
1: Oh, Chris Letang.
0: Yeah, Chris Letang got his extension. We know Brian Russ got his big extension, been a, a, a bit disappointing this year. Um
1: Adam in Fantasy. Let, let, yes. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I am Chris Letang in fantasy. Now he has had some God, what a tough year Chris Letang has had. Injuries, death of his father, like a stroke in there, his second stroke, like Chris Letang, God bless him, has so much happen to him. But Brian Russ hasn't been great. Um, their third line we've talked about was just a non-factor. Um, But what the point I'm trying to make here is when the Penguins made those moves, and I'm not the only one who was, has made this point and will continue to make this point, those line up a lot with Sidney Crosby's remaining time in the NHL. When you have Sidney Crosby, you go for it every goddamn year. The problem I have with what the Penguins did at this deadline is I think they were gifted losing Kapanen on waivers the way they did. Then they go out against the Blues and they do a great performance. I thought this is it for Pittsburgh and they can go to the deadline. It turns out they weren't making a move for JT Miller. We were all like, okay, cool. However, the Pittsburgh Penguins went out and got older. Yeah, The moves they bring in. They bring the band back together with Nick Benino. I wonder if everyone remember what was the was the Nick Benino goal, the famous one, Benino Benino. Was that seventeen yeah, yeah. or sixteen?
1: Oh, because even if if it's yeah. seventeen,
0: that's six years ago. Yeah. Okay. Dmitry Kulikov, who is the discount bucket of every trade deadline, if you need a depth defenseman, and no salary retained, giving up a second term. Declining Mikhail Grandlin. I have no idea what Ron Hextall was thinking, but if there was a nail in the coffin that was going to be Penguins like competing seriously for a cup, it was this deadline. I cannot like express how disappointed I am with Pittsburgh's deadline.
1: Yeah. What I kind of felt with this is like, okay, the three guys they give, it's just they're quality guys now, but it doesn't do anything for your team. Uh, you just, you spent more to keep the status quo. Like I'm thinking of a Mikhail Grenland and uh, a Jeff Carter extension. Like these types of contracts are the ones that are going to really weigh you down. And the Benito magic, I just, it's not there anymore. Uh, Kulikov, I don't think that's going to do anything for a team that it was already struggling to give Ty Smith minutes. So I don't know what they're doing there. Um, it's it's just this feeling of you're gonna just keep adding guys hoping some type of magic is found here but i i just don't see it anymore um maybe this would have made more sense if it was a younger core because again i'm not discounting sydney crosby or anything but if there was just kind of more there i would understand this but i think that this just doesn't do it for me. Like it doesn't elevate anything. Like I know there were negotiations of maybe a Brock Besser type of trade. He, I would have liked that a lot more in terms of there's still that upside there. There's still of, let's give him a new environment, and see what he can do. I think with Grandland, we already knew what was going to happen with Benino. We know what we're getting with Kulikov. Again, what you said, the the bargain bottom pairing type of guy.
0: Um. By the way, I just realized I put Fronick under the note I originally put Vancouver acquire yeah, Philip Fronick. Like, what's what's so frustrating, Daniel, is that again you mentioned I love how you mentioned Jeff Carter keeps you down. Is Grahamlin not? Is is that going to be your sort of fix over Carter now? But again, he'll probably be as the decline is going towards where Jeff Carter is. Like, like you moved cabinet. He ended up moving Brock McGinn, who wasn't performing. I saw a Penguins fan saying, "You moved that money, and it's just like here's the thing with like a like acquiring guy like Dmitry Kulikov. Listen, guy is in the top one percent of hockey players. He is better than I will ever be at, at anything in my life. The way he plays hockey he is in the NHL. But eventually, there be, there comes a time when you realize a guy keeps getting moved at the deadline. You know why is he not being ex- extended anywhere? Mm-hmm. You know, and that was your guy." That was your defensive move. Dimitri Kuligov. Is that the guy? Is that the guy who was gonna bring you everything you lost when you traded um can't remember his name? To New Jersey. John Please Marino. help me. John Marino. Like, that's the move? Um, you mentioned Besser too. That money could have gone to Besser. Yeah. Like, guys, what are we doing here?
1: Was that the asking price too, a second?
0: I don't even know if ever ever came out what the the question was. Did did they want because here's what's annoying is even if Vancouver didn't retain on the deal, which it never sounded like they really they wanted to do. By the way, shout out the fact that Brock Besser is still a Canuck after the deadline. The instead of getting that cap it for Granlund, you could have done Besser and the young prospect like that. That's why I shouldn't say prospect. That's God now. He's been in the league for years now. I get he's got injury problems and in that, but you telling me you can't figure that out? If he's playing so well since they moved him back with Elias Patterson, you telling me he can't do that with Malkin and Crosby? That's come on, guys. Um, just I don't I don't know what they're doing anymore, man. I don't know what they're doing. Um, kind of like the Vancouver Canucks.
1: Yeah, they. It's funny. It's, we always talk about oh, it's the GM, but then, it's like some of these moves are they're so reminiscent of Jim Benning.
0: And do you know who the one constant in all this has been, the Linden years? Yeah. Then um. Stuff with Benning and now the J.r. Alvin you know who's the one constant in all of this Daniel
1: uh is it Francesco Aquilini
0: Francesco Aquilini yes um like, like it's the worst kept secret in the league like, it, this is him um however however okay listen Ahem. the Vancouver Canucks uh the deadline has passed Daniel. Connor Garland is a Vancouver Canuck still. Brock Besser is a Vancouver Canuck still. J.T. Miller is not a Pittsburgh Penguin. Patrick Rolivine said after the deadline, they did not receive an offer for him. Which, if you don't know how to speak GM, um, doesn't mean anything. Because there were definitely discussions, and we know that from all the reports out there. It did happen. There were discussions with him in Pittsburgh. We know there were. Didn't happen, though. Apparently, in a possible J.T. Miller trade, there were first-round picks on the table from Pittsburgh. Really, it was two of them. That's what the word is. If it's true, oh my god. Because apparently what the Canucks want is a young centerman back instead of the picks. Now, all of this points towards, and we look at the Philip Pronick deal, where they give up draft capital, including the first-round pick from the Brock Besserdi, sorry, the um, Bo Horvat deal, to acquire a young defenseman who has had a good year and a half now, really popping off, but Nothing here points towards a rebuild, rather a retool, which has been what the Canucks have been trying to do for a decade now. And that points towards one thing, and that is there is clearly ownership meddling here. Because Insanity is trying the same thing over and over again and, and expecting a different result here. And nothing is changing in Vancouver.
1: Yeah, it's like... When I looked at the Ronick, I was so confused of what they were trying to do that I thought they were going to be dumping salary and just try to figure it out in the offseason. And then that deal really comes out of nowhere. Um, I think it, it was a good indication of what Detroit kind of felt their chances were this year. But I think for the Canucks, it, it was like, it's this feeling I felt how it was like, let's just try this one more time. We're not as bad as we say we are or as we're showing Let's add. And bad. that was bad. I remember, this breaks me back to when they traded Ryan Kessler to the Ducks. And then I, I thought, okay, yeah, that kind of shows they're getting away from the Sedine era. It's time to rebuild. And then they trade Jared McCann, that pick they got in the Ryan Kessler trade, for Erica Branson. And like, Man, I don't understand.
0: <laughs> that's an all-timer that doesn't get talked about enough anymore. That was all-time yeah like the trade is they give up a con- the conditional pick in this year's draft the second round pick is in this draft this draft this draft well it's not like they're in the position to trade next years so you don't want to do that but in this draft why would you the islanders aren't for sure making it either so that pick can go down in quality or sorry, i should go up in quality lower in the draft order well, I, it's, just, it's just nothing has changed there. Nothing is going on. It's like, ah, you know, we like how they've responded to the new coach. Guys, every team responds well to a new coach for so long. But if you're not changing the general way you're building the team, like at its core, we have looked at the Canucks for, again, a decade, and it's been roster construction. And, again, they, they haven't moved anyone. They've brought in guys. I'm sure you everyone has seen this going around on Twitter. They're over the cap next year. Their committed cap Damn. hit is over the hit that is over the ceiling next year. Like, I, I'm pretty sure. I want to double check this. I'm pretty sure. Um, who did they have on LTIR? Um, played in Carolina, went there, hasn't played for a couple of years now.
1: Uh, Michael, tough guy, Michael Ferlin.
0: Michael Ferlin. Yeah, I'm wondering even if if his LTIR cap hit expires this year. I'm just going to quickly uh, try and find it. Michael Ferlin. His contract is up at the end of this year. So they don't have that LTI uh, relief anymore unless we just never know what's going to happen with Tanner Pearson. And he's going to be the new guy there because God, what's happening with him. Um, There's a lot going on there, Daniel. There's a lot going on.
1: Um, you mentioned Bor Horvat, you know, that's the biggest subtraction and then Luke Shen gets traded and then it's fun. It's like, okay, yeah, great. You're, 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 you're doing what you need to do to think about the future. And then, Try to correct the mistakes you had before, and then they just couldn't help themselves and get and trade assets for Philip Ronick.
0: It's just, just stop what you're doing, guys. Stop what you're doing. Okay, uh, Boston. Also, man, Alex mentioned in his whatever we can call it, yeah, his his, his call-in stuff. Um, I got off the subway on Thursday. Mm -hmm. I get out. I check my phone, and I see Alex. I won't repeat what he said, but um he was not very happy that Tyler Petruzzi is now a Boston Bruin. Um Taylor Hall's on injury reserve. Um Felino might be done for the season, which sort of helps. But um a- another guy who just leads yellow and gold if you look at the way he plays.
1: It's funny. It's so I um I always find this funny um with these types of players. Um either they go to the, the Bruins like Tyler Bertuzzi, or he's a guy that you acquire. To counter the Bruins. Yes. So it's just crazy that they were able to add this type of guy that he just fits the Bruins' DNA so well.
0: Like, Trent Frederick isn't afraid to go after Alex Ovechkin, even if he's going to get slashed in the nuts. You know what I mean? Hathaway, Bertruzzi. It's just, they're just killers. I hate it. The the Bruins are, I really thought after Orlov they were done. And it was like, okay, we're good. We got our defenseman. We're living like Bertruzzi. They, I I, don't know how much more. They are now officially, if you didn't see this, the fastest team to ever hit 100 points in the NHL. Yeah. I, I, I what what more can we say about this Bruins season? I think what, they're on a 10-game winning streak again now. Like the, Everything that can go right for the Bruins, we've said this before, we'll say it a few times probably as the season goes on now, everything that can go well is going well for the Boston Bruins. And it's sickening.
1: Yeah, um, I think it was just perfect the way they were able to add. I don't think they overpaid on anything. They weaponized their draft picks to the fullest extent, and they get guys that, when I mentioned like the Bruins DNA, they're just the type of guys that I could really see them not just be these pure rentals. I could see them be these guys that kind of commit to the team long-term. These guys that fit already on what's been going like dimitri orlov like that type of start he's had with the bruins is insane
0: mm-hmm. um oh yeah, yeah i picked him up in fantasy and it's just been like mm, yeah that's very, very good. The, like that's an yeah, amazing yeah, move yeah, 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 yeah uh if only you know matt murray could you know get me some goalie wins oh it's looking tough daniel uh, it looked
1: it looked good for a while last night and then
0: um. Yeah. Then uh, you know.
1: Then uh,
0: you allow some yeah, shorthanded yeah. goals in the games. I two of least. them.
1: Two of them on the same penalty kill.
0: Yeah, that's pretty bad. Oh God! Kind of like the return for Jacob Chickering. And again, like we 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 glossed over. It. Yeah, again, Pastor Nakre signs eight years too. It was just like a. Gr- of course, it got. Of done. course it yes. Of course it course it got done. Um, just under twelve million dollars. Quick thought. You like the deal?
1: I like it. I think. You know, it is it is at market value, but. He he didn't break the Like he could have gone to free agency and explored like the twelve million range, but he stayed loyal.
0: I mean, he's one of the highest paid players ever. To be fair, I don't want to hear yeah. anyone say this is a Bruin <laughs> taking a discount because it is. It is not.
1: I think it's fair value.
0: Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, I love David yeah. Bossert. he's the, the the top ten player in the league. I don't think he I gets think, talked about enough.
1: It's like it's my stupid. second Bruin I could tolerate.
0: Oh yeah, just him and and Pat, right? Yeah. Yeah, people love Pat. People love Pat. Um, oh, but I do
1: like Charlie McAvoy's game, but that's another story.
0: Yeah, well, you know he's a good good player.
1: <laughs> and they're,
0: half of them are on my fantasy team. Got like all the perfection. I have like the Bruins core minus their starting goaltender. You have and Bergeron. who Alex has. This is I know when the Bruins are playing, I'm eating good in fantasy. <laughs> it's a good time. Oh goodness gracious. Um, Carolina. Alex mentioned in this thing. Um, they get Shane Goss to spare. For a third. Mm. Um, shout out them. But that was the second trade they made involving a defenseman. i see. I don't know if that was the first or second on the timeline. Anyway, no one cares. The big one. Daniel Centeno.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They have finally traded Jacob Chickering.
1: Yes. To a team that we thought was out of it.
0: Man, first off, I want to apologize to Pierre Dorton. Um, he was patient. He's kept all his prospects. And Jacob Chickering is an Ottawa Senator. And he is doing everything in his power to show that he loves being an Ottawa Senator, by the way. Socials, playing. Um, like Jacob Chickering has done, he's been it's all it's a great start in Ottawa, I scored the other day. Grandpa was there, it was looking all it was emotional, it was great stuff.
1: He's happy. He's happy, yeah. he's he's playing. You know what I mean? He's, what actually, he's Sen- happy, he's actually playing.
0: Not, like that's what the sends need. Happy, so They they've been winning lately. Like, is this good for Ottawa. The Coyotes, however, oh, I've been waiting to talk about this. Jacob Chickerin has been in the trade discussions in the trade world, the trade block, whatever you want to call it, for more than a year. The Brent Burns return was what they wanted. Young prospects plenty with the picks as well. The big selling point. He has term. He's a great cap hit. A player who I said a couple years ago was better than Morgan Riley should be on the Olympic team over Morgan Riley. I stand by that. By the way, Um, this was the caliber of player. There was no player available like him with this term and this great a cap it, this ability. They did not get a single prospect. They received a conditional first this year, a conditional second in twenty twenty four and the twenty twenty six second rounder the 2023 first round uh pick is top five protected if the conditions are met it becomes a 2024 pick uh should Ottawa reach the Eastern Conference Finals this year the second becomes a first in 2024 and that pick would be top 10 protected if the condition is met the pick becomes a 2025 first rounder unprotected they're not going to make the conference finals like they're not making the conference finals this year then again Ottawa do have a bit of magic to them but they won't really care if they give up that pick because they have their young court doesn't matter. Yeah, they need a goalie, but we can talk about it. maybe. Maybe it's anyway. We can talk about it another time. Mm-hmm. I, Daniel, I just want to. God, <laughs> I all
1: I don't of know. that. Yeah, and they
0: didn't get a single prospect—a first and two seconds.
1: It's very anticlimactic because I think we just we we built this up so much. To say, like, what would the ideal package be? And it's funny. When we were looking about, like, scenarios of other teams of what was going to be given up, we just overshot it. And then this is what happens. Maybe this is what the Coyotes did, too. Like, did they wait too long for this? I think they did. So
0: here's what's really funny to me, Um, Daniel. If we go and get Arizona's cap Brentley, up very now, very quickly. I've been waiting for it. I've been stewing on this for a while. This is what we know. I mentioned for a very specific reason that the Coyotes wanted the value of Chickering because of his contract situation, right? Mm -hmm. Apparently, this basically came from Doug Armstrong's mouth. I'm going to paraphrase here. A big reason why the deal got done with Ottawa, specifically, is because in that trade, the Coyotes would not have to retain any money. On one of the best value contracts we've ever seen available at the deadline. Now, Daniel, I want to quickly read you some stuff on Cap Friendly. Would you like to hear it? Yes. <laughs> okay. Let's just quickly look at something here. They currently are paying um, retained wise a million dollars, just under nine hundred ninety thousand. They are paying Oliver Ekman Larson not to play for them. 2.6 of their cap it was involved in the Patrick Kane deal and the Bukestad deal but those are okay those are fine right those are you know they move the OEL contracts so they don't have to pay them and the K or nearly as much as obviously um the Vancouver Canucks are going to and you know the Kane and the Bukestad deal got them assets that's not bad this is where I get a little mad they have the Brian Little contract do not forget Daniel okay The cap hit of that is $5.2 million for this year and next. For the rest of this year, Andrew Ladd just got hurt, I'm pretty sure. But let's be honest, they took that deal not because he's a good player. Because unfortunately, he's not anymore. We took it for the contract. Shea Weber basically makes no real money money anymore. They get him from Vegas, four years left, the UFA. Jacob Voracek, they just acquired, an insured contract. $8 million is the cap hit. Let us not forget about who are some other former Coyotes who have never actually played. Pavel Datsuk's traded a couple of years ago, uh, Chris Pronger. So I mentioned those cap hits. Now I am going to actually get the total salary up for a second because if we go to those players, ah, so Jacob Voracek makes $6.2 $6. million. Let's not forget it's an insured contract though. Shea Weber actually only makes $3 million. That Who knows how much that has actually been paid this season. million years after that. Andrew Ladd is only $4 million. Brian Little is around 4.7. Then it goes down to 3.7. Someone has done the math on this. It is nearly, this team is going to struggle to hit the floor of the cap next year, okay? This is a team that is paying a large majority of its cap to players to not play for them. I cannot explain to people who do not know how the cap works. How shady and bad for the league the Coyotes are right now. That they're hitting the cap floor, struggling to hit the cap floor while actually spending as little money as possible. And they couldn't get the best return for Chickering because they wouldn't retain on a value contract to start. That's the state the Coyotes are in and that the league allowed to happen. Oh, but you know what? We're going to doubt Shea Weber really being hurt after the finals. A guy who has not played since. But, oh my God, the Coyotes can be the cheapest sons of guns in the world. We can't retain on a $4 million racket on an Olympic caliber player. And we can't maximize the return of the guy. We sat for two weeks to protect our asset. His agent won't even go on Ottawa radio and admit that they did not get what they wanted. And then they try and say Chickering wanted out, where you already wanted to trade him. What?
1: Yeah, I would have wanted out if I was sitting for two weeks. Uh, I don't understand. Yeah, honestly, the Coyotes—it's just they could do everything left and right, and I don't understand because that amount of money going to non-players at this point, and then it's just weird. Like, why was there no like, okay, let's come to an agreement, let's come to the middle ground with Jacob Chickering when? Really, like I think they just shot themselves in the foot with this because best case scenario for them is that second becoming another first, which I really doubt was going to happen. Okay, yeah, but best case scenario, and still at that point, it's like, okay, was that really like the best you can do for Jacob Chickering, and like for on the Coyotes' standpoint from things? Because again, like it just felt like the the flurry of trades happening. They held on way too long still. They still held on way too long. The demands they had and the conditions they had on the salary retention, on where he was gonna go, what they want to do with this, making him sit. It just affected the value so much. And I think it's it just becomes more of like that minor not a minor trade, but it's like, you know, a substantial trade at this point, but not still not the biggest trade of what we thought it was gonna be, especially the way the deadline went, because it really was. A buyer's market and you couldn't do better than that uh,
0: i'm 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 not disappointed in the coyotes i am disappointed in the league for allowing this to happen um this is a franchise that has already been ripped uh non-stop uh i continue to say if they win Connor bedard he will not get to play in the full nhl rank until probably his second contract in this league um. This is the state we're in. This is a state that the league is like. Oh, this is fine. This is great. And you know, all the other owners are enabling this, and they're gonna pay. You know the revenue sharing. And this is this is the way we are in the National Hockey League. This is our league. This is the sport that we love. And th- this is the way it gets treated by Arizona Coyotes ownership.
1: I'm thinking, I, I like, just, come on. I'm thinking of uh, if I'm Logan Cooley right now in college, I'm, am I signing? Am I signing early? Am I signing out of school early?
0: Well, it's just it's uh, he it won't even be there. I bet at the end of his career, it'll be the whole thing of like, like, uh, like, everyone gets traded because they keep rebuilding. I like when I heard people saying the Coyotes are gonna be busy because they're rebuilding again. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, why are we pointing this out? Do I thought they already were and this was well known? Why are they they're rebuilding again? Nothing no, it's was that, built.
1: I guess like there's that one year they beat the Predators and it's like okay, yeah, that that's was a success. Plan.
0: Come on, yeah. When was the last time the Coyotes finished outside the bottom ten? Of
1: the- I think what twenty twelve that's when they went to the East uh, the Western Conference Finals.
0: I was in elementary school.
1: that was when uh,
0: I'm twenty three Daniel
1: because of that season, Mike Smith made the Olympic team two years later.
0: I hate this league. I hate I hate them so much. Um, John Klingberg got traded. You mentioned the ducks. um eh. they got a fourth in twenty twenty five Andre Schuster probably making the, the coming space back work. to the ducks I was by gonna the way say, yeah he was a duck wasn't he
1: like his third time on the team i think
0: um and nikita nestorinko yeah um, it was the
1: rights to him because he did it he told the wild he wasn't gonna sign with them after his season was done with the ncaa
0: i feel so bad for john klingberg like i, I wonder if his ex-agent can sleep at night because what was it he gave them his the advice to not take the deal like Dallas. I like, Just John Klingberg just cried himself to sleep every night, being like, oh, what What happened?
1: What could have been? Also, like, the way he's seeing Dallas right now.
0: Oh, God, yeah. Oh, like, the, the what-ifs,
1: I think, for him right now.
0: Uh, good for Minnesota. I mean, listen, low-key, they didn't have an amazing deadline. Uh, but, you know, I mean.
1: They kept the ball I mean, rolling with yeah, the deals, I, mean, I think.
0: Minnesota, man. Uh, gotta love the Minnesota Wild. Uh, I mean, like i
1: I trust them too with like what they've been able to do with defensemen. like Goligoski built a bit more of rebuilding his value there. They still have a, quite a few guys that I think will help Klingberg not be as exposed as we truly saw him in Anaheim without a real defensive defenseman with him.
0: This is true um now, unfortunately, for some reason, the control F or command F on my Mac is being silly, but I found the trade. um Dallas pick up. Dylan Wells, I mean, that is, it's to help with the, the deal, um, but the big thing is they get Max Domi and they give up a second in 2025 and the Anton Kadobin contract. Um, I mean, yeah, so Didanov and Domi are their scoring wingers they wanted to add. You know, it felt like they were really, really trying to get Meyer, and then it just didn't work out, and this is what their their plan B. I'm surprised that Chicago moved Domi because it really seemed like he wanted to be there. I like, guess he's putting up too yeah. many points and they're like, oh, we can't have
1: this. Yeah, he did really well of just uh, another player too, rebuilding himself, signing there. And I think the stars liked what they saw. Maybe, just maybe he'll play above that salary still. Um, still so keep the momentum going. And I think there's no reason why he wouldn't. I think the same thing we said about John Klingberg going to Minnesota and being... Bit more shelter there. It's with Domi playing with better players, better playing in a better system now, that we could actually see two things: a healthy Max Domi and a consistent Max Domi.
0: It's a real shame that Mark Wahlberg is a Dallas Stars fan, though. I mean, I don't want him. I don't want. That was a random
1: snippet. That was so random.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because they're friends. I was like, I don't. This is gross. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Um, Jonathan Quick is a is a Vegas Golden Knight man. I feel horrible for jonathan quick um you know two-time cup champion Conn smith i'm pretty sure yeah. um gets moved as a cap dump piece to columbus and then flipped for a seventh and michael hutchinson um and now i want nothing more than an la vegas series where jonathan quick will carry vegas past them because goalies and athletes are mental and he'll pull something out of his back
1: yeah it's like um, i'm gonna use nhl 23 again where you know, the value so low on a player, and then suddenly gets traded, and he's back to like from an 81 to an 85.
0: The morale, man, the morale. Yeah, so um, maybe that will happen. Just, I feel, I feel bad. For, I, I really do feel bad for the dude, but you know.
1: There were reports too, like he didn't want to play in Columbus, so he actually yeah, gets he to a team where they, they're they they're competitive.
0: Yeah, you know what, good for Columbus for fulfilling those wishes. Um, I mean, they're used to it too, probably being this like, guys being like, I want to be here. Um, but yeah, I'm not rooting for I'm not rooting for LA anymore. Sorry, Phil, love you, man. But no, uh, for the first trade, first time in NHL history, brothers have been traded for each other.
1: That's hilarious. Um,
0: man, the Flames are like done. The, the Flames, I feel yeah, so I know what they're bad doing. for it's them. It's
1: like we can't score. What do we do? Add another big body.
0: So, um, <laughs> I feel bad for Troy Terry because I really wanted him to go to a good team, and he gets moved to Calgary. But anyway, um, the Flames trade. You Brett mean Rich- um.
1: Did you say Troy Terry? Stetcher, sorry. Oh, Stetcher. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Stetcher, um, yeah. So Calgary trade Brett Ritchie for Nick Ritchie to Arizona and also uh, Connor McKee is part of the deal and the Flames also get Troy Stetcher.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I just wanted to mention the brothers got traded for each other, to be honest. It was hilarious.
1: That happened in the NBA. Um. The Lakers traded a bunch of picks, Kwame Brown, and the rest <laughs> to Mark Gasol. Oh, wow. For Paul really? Gasol. Oh, yes.
0: yeah. is that is that oh, that's the that, that's yeah. the mood. that's the the one that Stephen A. Smith got, like that everyone's seen of him. really? that's that trade. Yeah, the Kwame
1: Brown trade.
0: Uh, no disrespect, but then he just completely disrespects the man. yeah.
1: well
0: uh, by the way, uh we should probably mention this. Um, listen, I think everyone's a fool if they don't think that Stephen A. Smith talking bad about the Rangers is bad for the game. Like I know, people are like it's one man's opinion. That's the man. That is the that is ESPN. Is that man? Like that yeah. was horrible to hear. Yeah, that's uh that's heartbreaking, man. I'm like, like it's not good for the sport. Um, so can we figure? I know he doesn't like hockey, but like, can you not bash it, dude? That's so disrespectful.
1: It's um, getting the but, views. That's why. And
0: yeah, but he didn't. He doesn't care about hockey enough to say that. Like, think about it. Like he. he I'm sure there are times where he will say something, obviously, for because it, it's. So it the, is get the, the views. clicks. Yeah. But with hockey, I don't think he cares nearly enough about the audience, otherwise, he talk about it more. I think it was just an offhanded thing of being like a hockey. Like, I doubt he thought enough and cares enough about hockey to think I'm going to piss off hockey fans. Like, Max, this is not the first time a significant name in ESPN has ripped hockey too. Let's not forget when Max Kellerman did it a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Everyone forgets about that because, you know, Max Kellerman got banished to the shadow realm, but, um, stop. stop
1: it's a Steve.
0: game, dude. It's fun. Like, listen, there's, it's, there's a lot wrong with it. I ripped the coyotes, but like, it's a fun game. Ah, oh, it's a shame. That's a real shame. Uh, Jacob Varan is a St. Louis blue. I just hope he's good. And he Just gets give word. him the
1: minutes to play. Give him the minutes.
0: Yeah, man. Come on now. Um, and finally, one of the sneaky moves of the deadline that could end up being pretty nice. Jordan Greenway is now a Buffalo Saber.
1: Yeah, um, I was surprised with this because I've talked about him so highly before of the prototypical scoring power forward, and there's a fine line between your development as one of the bigger players. Of are you going to be that what I said a prototypical power forward or you're going to become a grinder and I think this year he was a bit more of a grinder and not really getting his money for the scoring anymore and to give him a fresh start to give him to a place where it's different now with Buffalo I don't know I find with Buffalo it's just kind of what is the thing you you always mention the uh, the land of lost toys.
0: Uh... I don't know if, I, if I've ever said that, but okay. I did, but it... I think
1: in Buffalo, you go there and you could rejuvenate things. Like we saw that with a Tage Thompson. Um, we see that with um an Alex Tuck, a Peyton Krebs. So I think in that right situation, Greenway can find his game again. And with the Wild, I think what I felt with them and also the other moves you mentioned, they did is a it's a no excuse type of year where. You can't just keep relying on the whole Bill Guerin thing where it's like, let's clean up the Paul Fenton mess. That's and you know, let's just surprise people because at this point, I think people are not surprised anymore with the wild. You had to do something, and Greenway just didn't fit in that vision anymore.
0: Um, uh, I don't know how much longer Alex Tuck is out for, if he or if he's back, but wasn't he week to week? Yeah, that's the guy whose spot that you can get. in... Obviously, their head coach, Buffalo's one. Grenado. Former teammates. One, two, oh.
1: yeah, where in uh, Minnesota? Oh
0: God, I, for, I always forget. Talk was a wild, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to Vegas to keep uh, to keep Dumba. Man, that yeah. Dumba, where it still he wild. wasn't
1: traded. Yeah, it's gonna yeah, be a wild.
0: Um, but yeah, Don Granado in Buffalo apparently likes the guy. I think he coached him too back in the day. I'm gonna guess in college.
1: I think so. Is that the
0: Granato? Did he coach? wisconsin or is that a different there's so many granados
1: yeah like tony don cam and anyway
0: anyway uh where uh i think that's everything Mm -hmm. um yeah but you know overall what what would you rate will include like the week leading up to the deadline the two weeks you know let's just say um what do you rate the deadline out of 10 this year
1: uh uh-huh. I see like a 9.5, like a Nine or point. even a 10. I like got 10 because it just gave us the headlines. It gave us a mix of what we said last year was missing in the NHL deadline. Is like we mentioned, like look at the NBA doing all these trades, and I they blew the NBA uh trade deadline, like out of the water. Like this was amazing.
0: I agree with you. Um we were all worried about like ah KD just got traded and we're gonna get what? And then uh the NHL GMs took it personally. Yes. And they were okay. like, just watch me. Um, that's everything for us. We'll see you Wednesday. Alex may be here. Daniel may be here. I may be here. Mm-hmm. Uh none of us may be here because that's just how it goes. Um Oh god, who's your cup favorite after the deadline?
1: Oh no, man, I I hate to say it's the Bruins, but Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> I hate to uh, say Yeah, it. I think we all we all kind of agree with that.
0: You don't say the Bruins, I think you're just trying too hard to be cool. If it's it's the Bruins. Okay. Is that everything? Yes. Okay, we'll see you next time.